0: I'm down to dunk. And I'm down to dunk. I'm down to dunk. This is Jay Dub and I'm down to dunk.
1: I'm Shea Gilles Alexander and I'm down to dunk. This is Lindy Waters and
2: I'm down to dunk. I'm Mike Muscall and I'm down to dunk. This is Jay Will and I'm down to dunk.
1: This is Kenneth Williams and I'm down to dunk. This is Lee Dort and I'm down to dunk.
2: We say, this is Lou Dort, and I'm down to Dort. Yeah.
1: <laughs> this is Lou Dort, and I'm down to Dort.
2: <laughs> Welcome to Down to Dunk. I'm your host, Andrew Schlecht. We're part of the Athletic Podcast Network. With me, as always, on Wednesdays, is my good friend, Alex Spears. Alex, what's up? What's up, Andrew? <laughs> Alex, a little under the weather today, but toughing it out just for the dunkers.
1: Just for the dunkers.
2: Just for the dunkers. Alex was—he's uh, questionable heading into this podcast, just like Shea gilders Alexander is questionable tonight against the Spurs with a left hip contusion. I oh, that looked nasty. It looked real bad, and the way he laid on the ground afterwards too. I was getting like some uh, Andre Robertson vibes, you know, from the mm. the way he was laying down. I was like, oh no, this is not this is not good. Uh, but he popped up, he got, played the rest of the game, almost won. i almost won that game. I know, like a lot of the talk, and I've been a part of the talk. It's like, oh man, Herb Jones was great. This is great. And I know the last two minute report said that that was a, a block. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what it was. Last two minute report doesn't matter. Uh, yeah. The Thunder lost the game, but they had a chance to win that, and it was all because of Shea.
1: Yeah, yeah. Like I, I totally agree that. The Herb Jones and the Pelicans just in general probably played Shea better than any team we've seen. No question. Like or or at least collapsed more on him more than any team. Yeah. I mean, we we talk about as that as the theme of like these last two years is just everyone collapses in the paint when Shea goes in there. But it there were some I was re-watching it last night, and there were some screenshots where it looked like all five Pelicans were in the paint <laughs> with Shea. And then you had the other four Thunder guys. As they should. Perimeter. As they should. For sure. For sure. And uh, and you know, credit to her for making that last call close enough where yeah. the, the the refs didn't know what to do. But the takeaway for me was like, and Shea still got 30. like Despite <laughs> all of that. It's like all of that incredible defense. Shea still got his points. It kind of felt like the way we talked about PJ Tucker two years ago in the playoffs, guarding Kevin Durant, where like everyone was talking about, Oh my gosh, PJ Tucker's making it so hard on Kevin Durant. This is incredible defense. And you look at the box score and it's like, Kevin Durant's still getting his points. Yeah, He's still doing all his Kevin Durant things. It felt very similar to that. We're cr- Totally credit. If that was a seven game series, like Shea would be exhausted by the yeah. end of it. Yeah, Yeah. I am sure. Yeah. But you gotta give credit to Shea for like and that was probably his biggest test so far. Yeah, and he still
2: had over thirty. I mean it's and he's still does. it feels like watching young James Harden,
1: honestly. <laughs> like Yeah, where it's just kind of inevitable.
2: Yeah. Like you can you can make him do it differently, you know, you can make it harder on him, but he's still gonna get there. Like, he is still yeah. going to get where he wants to go and make it happen. One way or another. Hey, if you're not, if you're crowding me, I'm going to make you foul me. If everybody's collapsing on me, you are going to foul me. And he has done such a good job. He didn't do this last year or the year before at all. But now he's using his arms a lot better in the lane and using his length to get fouled. And he's also doing the James Harden throwing his head back stuff too, which annoyed us for years. But it works and it gets and,
1: him and for, I, I don't know what it is and it just looks cooler when shade does it you know ah, it's just so much more smooth and it's uh it's just
2: more beautiful when he does it when james did it, it was annoying you know now it's uh now it's just a beautiful act of basketball yeah no i mean he just he is a superstar and you're already hearing it like charles barkley's out there saying that he should be a starter um it's on the all-star team a starter starter in the nba yes starter on the all-star team (laughs) um he it is it's just astonishing the jump that he's made and all the while you know the thunder do not have a good record they're projected by 538 to be one of the worst five teams in the league by season's end and this is kind of where you are but if you're a thunder fan Honestly, you kind of have to be okay with that because obviously you have Chet waiting in the wing, which is great. But like everybody else is a, is really a long ways away, and it's because of age. When we're playing, they're playing with s- several rookies. They're playing with really really young guys, and everybody's really far away, and that's all right. Like that's a part of this plan. But it's just it just takes time, and if you can add like another like true building block to this team and maybe you get lucky in the lottery i mean if you give yourself top 5 odds like that's i don't know you can you can get there it's possible that you rise up or maybe you, even if you fell even if they fell to like 6th or 7th as a thunder yeah. fan like you have to be feeling pretty good about what
1: sam could do at that spot i'm i'm still pretty skeptical that they will really end up in the 5th spot just cuz i feel like they're they're just no none of these other teams have shea and if shea is going to be playing and is healthy Mm
2: -hmm.
1: okc's gonna gonna pick up some wins i mean the the hard thing though which i'm now realizing is that there's just like there's no trends with this team like the last (laughs) two games the houston game and the new orleans game Mm
0: -hmm. for
1: people out there you know at the beginning of the season the story was Wow, they're terrible on offense again, but the defense is back. Like the defense is looking good. Even in that stretch, they only had one game where they scored fewer than 100 points per 100 possessions, and that was the game against Milwaukee. Yeah, the the first one that everyone remembers. It was like their first bad game. Mm -hmm. I think they lost by 14 points. Like Milwaukee's defense was just like on point that entire game, and they just destroyed them. The last two games, they've scored under 100 points per 100 possessions against Houston and against New Orleans. And just seeing their offense be that bad over two games, you have to like throw out the last two weeks now. And it's like, well, I guess that wasn't a trend. Like, I guess they didn't suddenly figure out something on offense because now they've reverted back to something even worse than what they were at the beginning of the season. And so it's hard for me to... like predict what this team's going to do next because it feels like they've had three different phases. Like they had the good defense, bad offense. Yeah. Then they had the good offense, bad defense phase, and now they're in this like. I mean, honestly, it's bad both. Bad, bad stage. Yeah. yeah. Although they were pretty good defensively against New Orleans, yeah. um, but they were not against Houston. I'm yeah. so glad. I, I the Houston game was the first game this season where I wasn't able to watch live. <laughs> And so I was following along and I was like, all right, this looks bad, but I'll check in in the third quarter. Cause no. that's when they make their run. I'm sure it'll be fine. It was bad. And then when I, when I saw it wasn't, I was like, I'm not watching that game. Yeah. I'm not touching that game.
2: Yeah. It was, that was easily their worst game of the season. Yeah. It's yeah. And, and they'll have a stretch this season where their offense and their defense, you know, is good. That'd be neat just to see what it looks like. I think that will happen. I don't know how long that stretch will be, but that will happen. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, nobody hit shots in that game, you know.
1: Yeah, it feels there. like the only thing you can count on right now is Shea, night to night.
2: And, that, po- and that's Poku, it. yeah. What'd you say? And Poku, that's all. You know?
1: No, you can't even count on Poku. I felt <laughs> God, Poku, that, that play that got him removed from the game I early. Know. There are a <laughs> that couple, was so bad.
2: There are a couple Poku gaffes in that game at the end there, whenever Herb threw it off his back, too. It's like,
1: oh, no, Poku, no! <laughs> you know... I guess, but Herb isn't like an amazing free throw shooter, though. I know. He knocked right? them both down, though. He it did, was, but
2: it, it was a pretty I awesome. I felt like that was her. more
1: risky for Herb. I mean, credit for him for you know, having the confidence in his free throw shot. Yeah. I was like, are you sure you want to do this? He did What's it. What's he shooting? He sh- oh, he's shooting 73%. Okay. He's not as bad as I thought.
2: No, he's not um, terrible. I mean, he's, he's a good player, man. That was really, that was pretty impressive. But credit to
1: Poku, he did get to come back in the game. Mark did not sit him down yeah. forever. Yeah. Playing twenty seven minutes. It's a,
2: it's a good sign that um, he's not going to the G League, I think.
1: Yeah. But yeah, night to night, it feels like Shea's gonna get thirty, and that's really the only thing I feel good about.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I thought I thought Jeremiah was really good against the Pelicans. He was. He played thirty four minutes that night. He hit that big three. I I feel bad for Jeremiah because he hit that giant three and it was almost erased like immediately by Zion yeah. on the other end. But like that had potential to like to be like the winning three of the game. And it was it like I think it's a forgettable moment now, but I feel bad for him because it was like a that was a that could have been something for him. And it was really kind of a, a cool shot. Good job, Jeremiah. But didn't really yeah, didn't really matter. And it was a
1: nice game for him because we needed him, because with Balanchunus and Zion like it that is one of those lineups where if you want to do that Poku J Dub starting lineup, yeah like good luck. Yeah. Like I feel like you have to play JRE. Um hey, and he really they, showed up.
2: They didn't they didn't play Jonas that much. They only played him twenty minutes in that game.
1: Well, because he kept he kept making he made so many dumb fouls early in that game. He only
2: had two and fouls.
1: I know, but those fouls came very quickly. And yeah. I feel like that affected him and when the new orleans kept playing better they just were like okay well i guess we won't put him back in yeah because when he was in there he looked like he was going to destroy us but he was swinging his elbows too much and i think he got like two offensive fouls
2: yeah it's like when i'm playing basketball with my kids you know like i can't get too rough with them i can't get too aggressive i can't be swinging my 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 elbows everywhere you know refs are watching they're like hey you got to you got to sit down. You got to sit down. You can't do this against these children out here, like Poku. Um, but yeah, it it really does feel like night to night. Like you'll get maybe a great Josh Giddy game. Giddy had a great start to the game and then just kind of disappeared from action. Like he played 28 I minutes. I think I remember 12 of them.
1: Um, you know. Yeah. He Dwart- was so good to start the game. He was amazing. Then-
2: he had, I think, he had seven <laughs> points in the first quarter.
1: And they were all good, especially like that, uh, that drive where like Zion's just on his hip the entire time. Yeah. And he, and he goes in like that. That was awesome. And those are the types of plays that we want to see from Giddy, um, who has actually been finishing quite well around the rim. Yeah. I will say. Yeah. He's, he's not down in Dortland. I think Dort's <laughs> at like 56% right now. Down um, in Dortland. So, yeah, I was feeling great about that. And then you look at the end of the game, and he's three for nine. And it was like, oh, those were those three plays. Okay.
2: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Josh Giddy 62% from zero to three feet this season. Better than I thought it was going to be. Yeah. Dortland,
1: 59%, which is not. Oh, ri- yeah, anyway. wait, 59%? Mm-hmm. You must be looking at, what are you looking at?
2: Basketball reference, zero to three feet.
1: I don't like that. 0 to 3 feet.
2: You want restricted area only?
1: Yeah, I do. Yeah. Because I think that actually captures what Dort's problem is better.
2: You mean the fact that he gets there and just has only muscle to get the ball into the hoop, and sometimes it just careens off the backboard?
1: Well, that and a lot of his shots end up being from like right at the edge of the restricted area.
2: Yeah, true.
1: I mean, he shot... I don't know if you remember the like floater he shot against, I, I want to say it was like Hernan Gomez in uh-huh. that game. Yes. Where it just went like straight up in the air. Yeah.
2: I don't, I don't know that he meant to do that.
1: Okay. <laughs> I mean, that I would, <laughs> the way that it looks, as well.
2: The way that it looked, I don't think he meant for that to happen. Yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's been it's been a rough go for all the non-shay guys, you know, in different spots. And there's been spots where it's looks like, "Oh my gosh, we have too many guys." And now, you know, there's this pocket of time where it's like, "Oh my gosh, do we have any guys?"
1: Yeah. You know? That that was definitely a game where it was like, okay. This idea of having all these guys who can be ball handlers and make decisions is really cool. Yeah. But somebody else needs to be able to make the defense worried about anything yeah because that game in particular it felt like Shea driving into five guys was our best offense yeah like that's what he should have been doing because when anyone else tried anything it was most of the time was not working yeah and I don't know you know like I I still want to see so much more from J-Dub because I feel like he's the guy Mm-hmm. In addition to Josh, which we can talk about Josh too, mm-hmm. but he's the guy where I feel like, based on his role in college, he should be the type of guy who could be who could have some primary ball handler minutes, yeah. which he has. But I, like, I just see more, yeah, because I think he 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 can be one of those guys.
2: Yeah, they like um, to, they like to play him with the good players, and the good players all handle the ball. So yeah, it's kind of. It's kind of rough. Uh okay, so I have the restricted area numbers. Yeah. Uh let's uh let's go let's go down the list of the the best to worst in the restricted area for the thunder.
1: Uh so I know that J dub is very high up
2: there. Yes, J dub is fourth 69.8%. That's great. It's very nice. Um the top 3 are limited attempts. So the other, Jalen Williams, is number one at 80%, but he just hasn't taken very many. Mike Mascala, yeah. get well. Mike Moscala, 75%. Yeah. And Kendrich Williams is 72.5% in the restricted area this year. Uh, so, really,
1: J-Dub being that high is
2: is impressive. It's very impressive. Uh, okay, after J-Dub, who do you think is next? Oh, Shea. Shea is not. He is a little further down the list at 66.4%.
1: That's still good, though. Still good. Um, I know that Dort is at like 56%. I know that he Josh is, at is at 62%. Uh, yes, I'm trying to think where's Trey? Trey's He's at kind of limited minutes,
2: though, 68% at the rim. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah.
1: Well, that's something because his shot is not going down.
2: Yeah, elsewhere it's, it's not quite as good. Um, from the corners. Trey is thirty three percent from above the break. He's twenty seven percent on the season.
1: Yeah, and more concerning is just what the misses have looked like, especially in that last game.
2: Yeah, I I still just wonder if his back is still bothering him.
1: What what was his injury? Back soreness. Back soreness. So that could be spasms. It could be a lot of things. Could I be, guess
2: could be a lot of things. I don't I don't know what it is, but huh. I'm willing to give him more time before I'm like, you know, trailing. oh, yeah, for
1: sure. It's just he had looked so good at parts of like preseason, early season. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He looked I like mean, one we, of the best. We had on conversations the team. like, oh, he has taken his next leap, whatever that is. Yeah. No. And it's just that. And since he got hurt and then starting to try to come back, it's just been a, been a slog, Andrew.
2: Yeah. It's been rough. I feel bad for him. But
1: because he's another one of those guys who do some of that primary ball handler stuff
2: yeah the defense could care about him he's like one of the few guys that the defense could actually care about but yeah you know it's not happening um so yeah trey is 68 percent in the restricted area usman jang 66 percent in the restricted area let me pull up the totals because like the per games just don't do a lot for me yeah um because it's got to be very limited. Yeah, Trey is 17 of 25 in the restricted area. Uh-huh. Um we missed Poku, who's also 69% in the restricted area. Yep. 36. Good. 36 <laughs> around the rim. 36 of 52. Um the only place where Poku is not shooting well is in the mid-range. But he's not taking very many. You know, he's 3 of 9 in the mid-range and then he's 5 of 23 in like the non-restricted area paint twos. Yeah. Um, so that's not great. But he's taking most of his shots from three and uh, at the rim, which is great. That's exactly yeah. what you want. I,
1: I mean, we talked about how, like, night to night, you don't really know who's going to show up. And I think that can lead to some pretty wild overreactions night to night. Yeah. Because someone like Poku can have a bad game, mm-hmm. and you kind of just, like, revert back to how you feel how you felt about him last year mm-hmm. but then when you look at the big picture you see like okay he's definitely like improved yeah. and it's the same with a lot of these guys um where like night to night it can look rough but then when you look at the big picture it's like okay okay these guys are improving they're just not all hitting on the same night
2: yet mm-hmm. right yeah exactly yeah there's no consistency i mean that's just I keep saying it. And I'm sound like a broken record, but this is just a young team. This is the way young teams perform. It's like they're just all over the place. You don't know what to expect. And like,
1: what does that mean? What do you mean? Sound like a broken record?
2: Where I'm just like repeating myself. You know,
1: young. Team, oh, is that what, young? Team, is that what they, team, they do?
2: Young team. Yeah. Okay. Um. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Sorry, that was a Zach Lowe question. That was
2: a very Zach Lowe. <laughs> uh, okay. Continuing on with the restricted area. Shea is 66%. Giddy Giddy is 62%. Uh, Eugene, 11 of 18, 61%. Uh, Jeremiah is
1: 58%. It's rough. In the for restricted a area.
2: 36 of 62. Yeah, that's not great. Dort, as we mentioned, 56%. 54 of 96 in the restricted area. <laughs> that feels
1: right. You know? Oh, it does. He's he's putting up... a. Quite an inefficient season so far.
2: Who are the two worst in the restricted area this season?
1: Uh, so, thinking about who you have not named, Wiggins?
2: Wiggins is second worst, 55%. He's 20 of 36 in the restricted area. Wow, well,
1: that's no good.
2: And then the worst is. And
1: then the worst is Lindy Waters.
2: Well, uh, Lindy has not taken a shot in the restricted area this season.
1: So, technically. Pretty the bad. If, pretty if you can't terrible. Can't even get the shot
2: off. Can't even get there. <laughs> I mean, technically Isaiah Joe would be the worst. He's o of one. Oh, yeah. but he, that was on a. But I remember the play. He actually went to the bucket and um, he missed it, but got fouled. So uh, okay. Actually, so we'll count that I'll as give, one. I'll so he's there. actually the best. Yep. I've now named every player on the Thunder but one guy. Oh.
1: Who could it be? Who could it be? Guard. Big. Change his ba- number. Oh, Baisley. Oh, yeah, Baisley shooting like forty five percent or something.
2: He's forty eight point nine percent. He's twenty two of forty five in the restricted area this year.
1: Yeah, that is that is one of those stats that feels uh, red flaggy because yeah. for a big to be shooting under fifty percent at the rim, I, you just like don't even know how it happens. But then you remember how Baisley goes to the rim, and it's like, oh, okay, it actually does make sense now. Uh, it'd be, it'd be helpful to get a rim percentage that includes like how often they get fouled. Not that I think that would help basically that much, but, um, yeah,
2: it would. I mean, that's where like the context of like, even the Isaiah Joe o for one, is like, I don't, I don't remember everybody's shots in the restricted area. Like you just can't, yeah. but yeah, it would be nice to know, or if you could, you know, click on those numbers like you can in the box scores and see. All the restrictions. Yeah, that's shots. that's a
1: crazy low number though for a big
2: it is, that's, yeah. It's that's tough. It is it is it is bad. It is bad. And some of it some of it is that
1: he still does his Baisley time drives, you know. I know, but i I've kind of felt like those are I mean, you still see them, yes, but you get like one or two a game. Yeah, max. well
2: there's two misses. <laughs> you know. There's two misses in his I don't know what's he he's not taking very many shots per game,
1: no, he's not
2: you know like you gotta cut out all of the Baisley time if you if he wants to make it here he's just he's gotta cut that out I mean he's taking five shots a game, you know yeah he's forty three percent from the field so far this season wow. I mean it's wild I mean if I would have told you that you know Poku is gonna shoot
1: you know like What's he 25 sh- percentage points better or that's something
2: so i mean he's it's insane how much better poku has been than Basley. yeah this year yeah. on both ends i mean he's just been better and i know basley has been a good defender um but he's not like some crazy defender that's impacting everything so much that you just have to keep him out there you know he's not andre you know where he's shutting right. guys down i mean he's He's definitely good, and I think that he belongs in the NBA. But, I mean, what would you put his odds of being on the team in March?
1: Um, I'd actually still have him pretty high. I just, I, I, because they don't have a lot of bigs to play, I don't feel like there's this pressure to trade Bays to open up minutes. I mean, I would like to see other guys playing. Um, you know, like the fact that Wiggins like just doesn't get consistent minutes on this team. Mm-hmm. M- maybe that would be one way to get him consistent minutes, but yeah. there's also a downside to that, which is that he's probably playing out of position at that point, and maybe that isn't the best for Aaron Wiggins to be playing power forward every night. Well, I think that you like want to get a minutes. you.
2: I think at some point you want to get a a look at Jay will in the NBA, like a longer look. Like he's he's doing really really well in the G League. Is he? Yeah. I mean, he's... I don't know. Like, night to night, dishing out a ton of assists. I mean, he's he's been really good. I need to look up his G League stats, but every time I look at the the box scores, um, he is playing really well. Like He's one of the better players on the blue when he's down there. You know, I think that he deserves uh, a chance to get an extended look. And I think, like, later in the season, especially, you know, what, what we saw from the Thunder at the end of last season... He absolutely should get an extended look against NBA guys.
1: Yeah, and I, but I think that could end up being just in bays at some point if they want to get him those minutes. Like I don't, I don't, I don't think they're going to get anything in a trade.
2: Well, I just, I just don't. I, I know, I'm not expecting that either. I mean, I, I think that maybe he could get some kind of protected second for him.
1: You know. Because any team that brings him in, they either have to like him so much that they want to give him an extension or they have to, like, let him play out next season and then he's an unrestricted free agent. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah. I know.
2: I know. It's. And, and maybe that maybe there is nothing there and they just hold on to him and just see whatever. Yeah. Uh, in the G League, Jay Will. Jay Will. 14 points on 61% from the field. 46% from 3. He has is averaging 9 rebounds, 6 assists, a steal and half a block a game. That's cool. Yeah, he's kind of like their facilitator for that team because they don't really have a they don't really have a point guard. They've got like Jamias Ramsey is like a just this bucket getter for them yeah. and handles the ball a lot for them. So they kind of use when Jay Wills down there as their facilitator at the elbow and it's he's pretty fun to watch i mean he's definitely um he's definitely a fun player but yeah i think at some point he'll get a chance to to play more minutes and we won't have the uh kalatzakis minutes on our hands
1: yeah i'd like to see someone else with some offensive chops come up and give them a shot um, these last games have just spurred me so bad. I just, <laughs> I just want to see like s- some kind of functional offense. Which again, yeah, b- before those last two games, they were like you know top ten, top five over a short stretch in offense. So it was, it was clicking for a time. Yeah, it's just cratered. Yeah.
2: Well, you're saying that, and there's a there's a chance that Shea doesn't even play tonight against the Spurs. And, yeah, and, that
1: game's going to be disgusting, no what, matter what.
2: What could be the grossest game of all time? Or I mean, uh, it could be a night for Josh Giddy to get his footing a little bit to have the ball, you know, more full time, and to yeah. see what that looks like. You know, Josh has been up and down, and you know, he—we're not that far removed from the Giddy 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 game in New York where it was just like, right. oh, man, like he looks amazing with the way he's playing. And the, the game he had against yeah. Boston, like he was awesome in those games. And, you know, I'd like to see what he looks like as the full-time guard. I also think he needs to continue to try to fit in and find his spots. I thought the way he played in Boston was like the perfect iteration of Giddy with the Thunder. It's like he's yeah. facilitating, he's rebounding, he's – really physically into the game. I mean, those kind of things, those are the kind of things that you want to see from him. And he just is still learning how to do that, which for a 20 year old, you know, that's okay. Yeah.
0: Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone. Luckily with 24 seven U S based live customer service from discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep. You heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card.
2: When you're hiring for your small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help you find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. When it's time for me to find a job, I went right to LinkedIn Jobs. They helped me find the right employer and it was, man, very, very easy process. LinkedIn isn't just a job board. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. On LinkedIn, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Hire professionals like a professional on LinkedIn. LinkedIn knows that small businesses are wearing so many hats and might not have the time or resources to hire. LinkedIn is constantly finding ways to make the process easier. They even just launched a feature that helps you write job descriptions, making the process even easier and quicker. 2.5 million small businesses use LinkedIn for hiring. Post your job for free at linkedin.com dunk. That's linkedin.com dunk to post your job for free. Terms
0: and conditions apply. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before?
2: You can talk to a real human in customer service any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service that you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. The Thunder currently are 25th in net rating, negative 2, only ahead of Orlando, Houston, Charlotte, Detroit, and San Antonio so that's their 6th in the in the reverse standings in net rating defensively they are 18th in the NBA 112.3 and mm. then on offense they are 21st 110.2 <laughs> so that's uh that's that's the uh that's the numbers of a bad team right there numbers of a young team so uh what do you think about those numbers whenever you see them.
1: Um I mean I still feel like uh, I still feel better about their performance than this season than any of those other teams you mentioned. Yeah. Sorry, my snot is like (laughs) (laughs) sorry. Somehow in my in my mouth it's making it hard to talk.
2: Yeah. Well I mean you say that and you're correct in that their net rating at negative two is a way better than those other five teams. Orlando's minus 5.6, Houston's a minus six, uh, Charlotte's a minus six and a half, Detroit's a minus 8.6, and San Antonio's a minus 10. So they are f- five times better than what the Spurs yeah. have been
1: this season. And it's also like the the clutch minutes. Like they are tied with Miami Heat with the Miami Heat for yeah. the most clutch time minutes in the league right now. Yeah, like so many of their games are coming down to the wire. My uncle is out here. And he had, he's never watched the Thunder. Uh-huh. And he just happened to watch the two overtime games. Oh. And then that New Orleans game, which almost went to overtime. Yeah, very fun. And so his, his, He's thinking like, oh, this team is so competitive. Right, tonight, this is incredible. <laughs> um, but it's true. That's kind of how it's been this whole season. That Houston game is such an outlier. And of course yeah. it was against Houston. But like compared to the rest of the season, that game was such an outlier. Yeah. This team has been so competitive compared to these other teams. And that's what—that's why I'm like hesitant to just kind of write off the season in terms of them. Like, we got to start thinking about them as being part of this bottom five. Yeah. Um. Just because, and 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 a lot of that is Shea. Yeah. Because Shea can just keep you in games by getting to the line, in a way that like those other teams don't have guys that can do that. Um. And so, I don't. I don't know. I'm still like. I'm not willing to let go of the rope yet. Is I guess what I'm saying. I'm holding on for dear life. Not that I like nec- even even like want the Thunder to like make a play and push. It's not about that. It's just I think this team is significantly better than they were last year.
2: Yeah, the numbers I, I the
1: numbers say so. I just wonder they, how many teams they do. But I don't. I don't even think the numbers reflect it as much as I think they should. Okay. Yeah. And so. And so yeah, I, I, I'm just kind of waiting for everything to catch up. And maybe that will happen by like the new year, and then we'll look at it and, and I'll feel one way or the other. Mm-hmm. But yeah. if they're still if they still have a negative one point two net re- or point differential, yeah, I think is what it is, at, at the new year, like that that's wildly impressive. Yeah. Compared to where they have been the last couple of years. Because that, that means that they've kept up this like super competitive night to night play. Where they're fighting with these teams down to the very end, racking up these clutch time minutes. I mean, I posted the stat like two weeks ago. Two years ago, they only had like 100 clutch time minutes in 82 mm. games. <laughs> They've had 68 in 13 games this year. Yeah. Like it's just a different brand of basketball that we are watching this season.
2: Yeah. It's kind and- of the ideal. Like if the Thunder are going to be the sixth worst team in the league, it's the ideal way to, to watch them. You know, throughout the season, is like, yeah, let's watch them be in these close games. Like sometimes they win, sometimes they lose. I mean, I posted this yesterday that Shea leads the NBA in clutch points.
1: Yeah, yeah. So I guess it's more just like, you know, we we talked about going the season, like we kind of projected them to be in that like six to eight range, mm-hmm. and I agreed with that, and you you agreed with that. Like mm-hmm. we thought they would be bet that they're still going to be in that like you know early to mid lottery. And I guess the experience of living through that just makes me feel like, wow, but you can still be kind of like a solid team at that level. Like that doesn't mean that you're just a bad team again.
2: Yeah. And, and so I
1: just want to recognize that while acknowledging the fact that, yeah, they're still not going to make the play and they're probably still going to be like the sixth through eighth you know, best mm-hmm. odds in the in the reverse standings. Um, Because, because I do think that's, Ultimately, a, a, a more important story mm-hmm. to tell, like like what the the strides the team has made this season are are more important than just lumping them together with these other teams. Yeah, who I just don't think have made that sort of mini leap, and it is like a mini leap because it's not like they're jumping to the plan. Yeah.
2: Also, you know we got to got to stay humble a little bit. Like the uh, you know Houston and Detroit made us feel the you know this season
1: it's like it's, it's so annoying that those are the games that we <laughs> drop it's like why don't so we just stupid.
2: can we not just lose to, uh you know to washington like that i
1: like, would no one I'd ra- yeah i'd rather lose to the wizards by f- well maybe not the wizards but i'd rather lose to any other team by like 40
2: yeah toronto or any anybody you know perhaps yeah, like beat
1: us by 40 but just beat houston
2: yeah the nuggets you know let's not go to overtime with the nuggets let's get beat by 30 by the nuggets and you know let's just call it a day let's go win and you know
1: now i know if, if you're you know focusing on the tank that those are obviously good losses because if it ends up that they're somehow like every fall apart if everything goes off a cliff and they lose every game here on out it's good that they wouldn't have that tiebreaker yeah or i guess that they would have that tiebreaker over houston yeah um or detroit but yeah in the moment those those games hurt more
2: yeah 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 they do The Thunder, their schedule gets really tough. You know, after tonight, they play San Antonio, which is, they've been far and away the worst team in the NBA this season. Um, But they might be playing without Shea. And so that could be a very competitive basketball game if that's the case. But then they go on the road for five games. Uh, Minnesota, who will be without towns, but like that might end up being not the worst thing in the world for the Timberwolves because it could help them like develop some kind of identity, you know? Yeah. What, what day is that? Is that Friday? In this month or so? uh, Saturday? Yeah. They okay. play tonight and then they don't play again until Saturday. So okay. uh, that should give enough time. You would think if Shay's questionable now and not listed as out that perhaps like his hip will have some time to heal um, until then. Um, and then they're on the road for an additional four games after they leave Minnesota uh, they're in Atlanta on Monday, December fifth. They are at Memphis. I mean, I mean Alex. Um, they're at Memphis um, Wednesday, December seventh. They're in Cleveland Saturday, December tenth. And then Monday, December twelfth, they're in Dallas. So that is a. I mean, that is a tough, tough road trip. I. I don't know what their record will be in those five games, Minnesota, Atlanta, Memphis, Cavs, Mavs. To me, that feels like a road trip where you'd be lucky to get two out of five. Mm -hmm. Um, What's your, what's your feel for that, Al?
1: Yeah. Although, you know, if that stretch was like Houston, Detroit, Orlando, San Antonio, we would think, Oh, they're going to go like four and one. And then it would end up being like two and three. And so yeah. that's my thing. I, I don't, just because that looks like a hard stretch, they're going to play a lot of those teams really closely. Yeah, And if any of those teams are faltering at all, like they could beat Dallas. I Dallas has been so up and down.
2: I, well, they, they already the have. Cavs. They already have beat Dallas in Dallas. Yeah, already, they've already done that. Miracle. Yeah, they've already done that. And so, yeah, I mean, you look at the wins that they've had. They beat the Clippers twice, they beat the Mavericks, they beat the Magic, they beat the Raptors, Knicks, Wizards, and Bulls. Those are the teams that they beat. And i look at all of those and say, those are a, some of those are a toss-up at best.
1: You know? Yeah. I, actually, now that you read them out, though, those are all kind of like mid-tier teams. That's why, I, I mean, that's what I'm saying, like a
2: toss-up. Like, it's not, yeah. like none of those feel like they're going to get steamrolled, you know, by those teams. But yeah, Chicago's like been not very good this year. You know, New York has been so. up and down. We've seen that. We saw the game in New York and then we saw them here where they, you know, beat the Thunder pretty easily.
1: Yeah. So if we go if we go with that, just targeting those mid tier teams, it would seem like the Minnesota game and Dallas game would be the games when they'd have the best shot Atlanta. in the game stretch.
2: Atlanta. As yeah, I well as... I
1: guess Atlanta's been worse lately. They've lost three in a row. Yeah. But yeah, Memphis, Cleveland.
2: I mean, that's tough. That's and all on the road. That's the problem with the Mavs game though. Is that the, it's yeah. the fifth game of the road trip? That those are kind of those are I mean, you can chalk a lot of those up to schedule losses. You know, yeah. at, at the last game of a road trip. So I worry about that one. And Lucas just ridiculous but then they play one two three four five six seven games at home in a row
1: see that's where uh, what's going to happen is they're going to go like one and four or oh and five on this road trip yeah everyone is the entire fan base will shift into tank mode mm-hmm. because by that point uh, what, what would they be they'd be like let's say one tonight so they'll be like nine and 18 nine games below 500 that's well it's not good that that yeah, but it's also like very possible. They'll be nine very and eighteen. Possible. We'll be back at the bottom, and we'll be saying, "Okay, let's start watching some college basketball." And then they're going to go on this homestand, <laughs> seven games, sleeping in their beds every night, and I bet they're going to do great. Yeah, do and you... I don't even care who the who the opponents are.
2: Yeah, so thirty games in last year. Do you know yeah. what they were?
1: Uh, they were probably like. 10 and 20.
2: Yeah, they're 11 and 19. Okay. And they have like a very good chance to be that again. 30 games in.
1: Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. I I I bet it'll be like 13 or 14 wins.
2: Yeah, which I I think is on par with where they've been. It's like there is there is improvement. That's happened. Obviously like the biggest improvements are Shay Playing the way that he's played, and then Poku playing the way that he's played, and then you'll see flashes from everybody else here and there. Um, but yeah, they've been an improved squad. I, I, within that, I'd like to know if Shea misses any games too, because that will obviously very much affect, you know, what happens with this team, and that obviously matters a ton,
1: but it will. But you could imagine a scenario where. If Shea has you know, because he broke his butt or whatever, if he has to be out for a couple games, that could easily be the thing that like jump starts Giddy's season. <laughs> True. Yeah.
2: Yeah, last season, I mean, the way that Giddy played with Trey Mann last year when Shea was yeah. out. I was like, oh gosh, like he could jumpstart both of them.
1: Yeah. You know. Yeah, Giddy. What have you thought about the reaction to Giddy? Because it, it got to the point where Giddy liked a uh, a, tw- a tweet. Yeah, I mentioned this on fame. Monday.
2: I mentioned this Monday, where it's uh. like the criticism of Josh Giddy has been weird or something like that. Um, yeah, I I just think that he's young and that he isn't. He's improved in scoring at the rim and the way that he gets his shots has improved. But he ha- he also um, has a lot more turnovers this year and you know I think teams have picked up on the way that he passes the ball and yeah, like, so I I just think that this is I would just call this an adjustment period for Josh. I think it's unfair to necessarily like criticize him as like a player and not like try to contextualize it a little bit. But like that's Twitter. Like Twitter doesn't care about context. It cares about like stats and you know how you play in one particular game. You know, that's I but just even, I just think that's just the way that this is.
1: Yeah, if these if these games were happening last March, I don't think anyone would like bat an eye. Yeah. Um like if these were just part of his rookie season. Because he, he's played seventy two games now. He has 10 more games to go to officially have an 82-game sample. Yeah, And, you know, if you look at his per 36 numbers, comparing last season to this season, because, uh, you know, he's playing slightly fewer minutes than last year. Yeah. Like, his scoring's up. You know, rebounds are about the same. Assists are a little down, and turnovers are a little up. Like, that's been the main thing. He's shooting better overall. He still can't shoot from three. Mm-hmm. Um, all of that has come back down from the early season. Um, I don't know. It just it feels like very in line, actually, with where you should expect him to be. Yeah. And even with something like now, I don't know how accurate these are, but basketball reference has turnovers as you can split them into bad pass, Mm -hmm. which that's what it's felt like. It's felt like all of those amazing passes that we saw last season for Josh all of a sudden getting picked off yeah or or they're just not getting to their final destination for some other reason um he's averaging the same amount of bad passes as he did last year he had 108 in 54 games last year two per game he's had 36 in 18 games this year two per game so like there's so much about his season that is what he was as a rookie which really makes sense when you look at his age and his games played but it just feels different and you kind of just have to like step back for a second because as good as we thought his rookie season was i mean we came out of that rookie season feeling pretty good about josh giddy felt great he's now doing largely the same thing with slightly improved scoring Mm -hmm. and it feels like the sky is falling
2: i think it's just that with the insane jump that shea has made yeah that is like now their games are so disproportionate and that Shay is like in this like pre-prime, like entering his prime play. Yeah. And Josh is just so far away from it still. Like we just have to recognize that like they're four years apart, you know? Yeah. And they're, and Josh is, he, he's so far away from being a finished product that I'm just like not willing to like go there with any sort of like, Oh, he's not, this game isn't as scalable as, like, other players, and he's not this, and I'm just, you know, I worry about the future of Josh Giddy. Like, he's 20 years old. And he is, it's not like he's Poku the last two years, where it's like, man, I don't know if he's an NBA guy. Yeah. like Josh is clearly an NBA player that's going to play in the NBA for a long time. And now it's all about development. And, like, this is where the real work gets put in. This is where, like... This is not time of decision-making at all for the Thunder or anybody else within the organization. It's uh, observation time. It's improvement time. It's I mean, he's working with a shooting coach to get better, and we talked about this before the season started. A lot of times you get worse before you get better at shooting because you do have to change the way you've been doing something. I mean, if I had to change the way – that I had to do production or podcasting or whatever, I might get worse. You know, if I'm like, hey, the athletics like, hey, we got to use a completely new program. Like, I'll I might get worse at what I do than I'm than I am now. I'd be slower. It wouldn't be as uh, effective. I might mess up a few things here and there. But eventually, I would start to get it. Like, I think it's the same thing with Josh. Like, it's he's changing the way he's shooting. And if even if it's like little tweaks here and there, that takes time and you have to be willing to go down this road with the thunder and with a guy like josh because i i think that josh is in the long-term plans of the thunder can that change in three years sure but like as of now like i think you just can't like jump ship with anybody i mean just i mean just look at poku for crying out loud for you know what happened to him between year two and three, you know, I don't think anybody would have predicted that we'd see a version of Poku where the game is slowed down for him, and he's able to defend well and make good plays and sh- actually shoot the basketball. Like that's been like what? Like he can? I don't know if he can keep up a plus forty percent rate from three, but if he can keep up a you know thirty eight percent or something like that from three, like holy smokes, that that would have been that would have been a pipe dream. You know last year yeah so to jump ship on a 20 year old or to like have this like discourse about a 20 year old like i know that you know twitter and reddit culture is just all about like what's happening now and like how do i evaluate it and like let me let me get the smartest take and let me get my take off first like that's not this team it's just like it's just not how this team is is gonna it's not one how the i don't think this is not, not how the Thunder are gonna handle things. Like they see the long view, they see the long road they that they wanna go down. But like I don't I think we should recognize that too as fans of the team and not jump ship on anybody yet, especially a guy that they picked six in the draft, just one draft ago. You know, I just it's just not time yet.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's wild to think about Shea at the same point in his career he was averaging 27 minutes a game. So he was only three games fewer than Josh at that time when he was 20 years old and he was putting up 11, three and three shooting under 50% from the field shooting 48%. And like, that was obviously a way different scenario. He's on a a veteran team, but he was still getting a lot of minutes on the Clippers. Yeah, he was. And then we, we saw what that jump was from like 20 to 21 and then from 21 to 22. And he just like kept jumping. Mm -hmm. I don't, you know, you can't project that type of a jump for someone like Josh Giddy because that happens so rarely. Like what we're seeing from Shea is a, a really unique thing. Yeah. I mean, it happens to guys, but it doesn't happen to the to every single young player. Yeah. But he's go, like Giddy's going to get better. And I I think there are legitimate concerns with Giddy.
2: Without a doubt that have there been,
1: are. That have been there from the point he was drafted. Yeah. And And we're gonna see how those play out long term. But for me, it's like trying to come to a conclusion on fit when Chet is not playing. Like I I keep coming back to this idea that Chet is not playing. Like the number one thing about this season is Shea's jump. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because when you have a player jump from a really solid, like borderline all-star to someone who could be an all-NBA player. That is messed for your franchise. Yeah. But the number two most important thing of this season is that Chet Holmgren is not playing. Yeah. It is the second most important thing because he would change everything. everything. If you're worried about Giddy's defense, well, guess what? Having a like elite rim protector behind him is going to help with that a lot. If you're worried about Giddy's offense, well, guess what? Having like a seven footer who can shoot potentially like 40% from three one day is going to help a lot. Having like another outlet for this for this uh, offense a
2: rim roller as well i mean a rim roller as well and having somebody like a big target to throw to that they just don't have like they as like good as poku has been this year like poku is a fraction of the talent that chet holmgren has you know right chet was picked second and also not only are they missing chet this year i mean next year this everything is gonna change so much. It's going I think it's gonna blow Thunder fans' minds because the addition of Chet and the addition of whoever they get, even if they pick seventh, could change the complexion of the entire team. I mean, I think this next draft is is really, really good. I've spent a little bit of time watching college basketball and it's like, wow, there are some there are some legitimately very good players that are gonna be in the seven, eight, nine range even if that's where the Thunder land, I think that you're, you have the potential to draft a true difference maker at that level. Can they be like your number one guy? Like, I don't know. Not impossible, honestly, that some of those guys could be number one guys. But it's a very good draft. It's a very, yeah. very good draft. And so I don't – it's going to – like everything you think about the Thunder this year is going to drastically change next year drastically. So getting all invested and all dug in on this iteration of the thunder is a fool's errand. It's not gonna happen. Like this is not it. This is not it. It's not even close to what it's gonna
1: be. It's why the the I'm realizing the evolution or the next step of the choose dumb mindset. It's choosing dumb is not just about rooting for the team to win each night. It's focusing on the positives each night because like, it's really all we have right now. Yeah. Like, if I, I, focusing on the negatives, like, it just... It's not going to be worth it for me long-term because everything is going to change. So, if I can just see little progressions from these guys all throughout this season and then come into next season with who we... I think most Thunder fans acknowledge will probably be or we expect to be the second-best player on this team in Chet Holmgren. Mm-hmm. Like... Then we can start evaluating, okay, how does this all fit together? How does Shea and Giddy and Chet all work together? Right. Without yeah. him in the picture, like it's fun to watch these guys individually, but it kind of goes back to last year with Shay, where it's like we're making it so hard on Shay. It's like he's wearing like ankle weights yeah. as he as he's trying to develop. Yeah. Because this system and the environment, whether it's like the lack of shooting or just the lack of guys who can do other things getting to the rim. But all of that is going to start working itself out yeah. next year.
2: Yeah. And ju- and also, this will actually make Shea better. Because if he can operate like this and score 30 a game, I think how much easier the game is going to feel for him. Oh, my Whenever gosh. He plays... If he can score
1: 30 against that New Orleans defense yeah. with Herb Jones and Jose Alvarado and then come back next year, and now all of a sudden they have to worry about Chet in the corner, whoever yeah. they draft at six or seven, Please God, let them be a shooter as well. Yes, that would be incredible.
2: Well, and by the way, Shea gets better every year. He's gotten he's gotten better every single year from like his teenage years on. Like he's been better. So, uh, all right. Thanks so much for listening to our podcast. Hope you guys are doing well. Get well soon, Al. We will talk to you guys again
0: on Friday.